Frequency is for open-minded thinkers, for observers who are hopelessly curious, for experiencers of the mysterious, and for those who are passionate about perceiving the unknown. I will be sharing with you all my own exceptional experiences and other extraordinary constructs that exist in our reality. Welcome to Access Elysium. What's up and welcome to all of you beautiful souls out there. I am your host, Amber O'Dell, and this is the Access Elysium podcast. So have you ever wondered how an artificial intelligence views philosophical issues like interdimensional beings or the end of the world? Well, we're about to find out today by asking the philosopher AI. Oh man, I'm super pumped for this one. Okay, so... I have been coming up with some questions that I want to ask the philosopher AI, and I have not asked them already. I have them ready to go. So you are going to hear the responses with me for the first time for both of us. So I'm pretty excited about this. I've talked a little bit about it in the past episode of Artificial Intelligence and in an episode I did with Nikki with Conversations. And we're going to continue to ask the Philosopher AI questions on all of Nikki and I's conversation series episodes. So I'm super pumped about this. We're going to continuously find out what AI is up to and what it's thinking. And my questions, I hope, are, (laughs) I don't know, I don't have normal questions. And I want to see just what it has to say. I, I remember when this first came out, and I don't know how I found it, but it was free to ask the questions. And so I probably asked like four or five, and I was just completely blown away by the answers. I immediately started texting Nikki like, holy shit, listen to what this AI is telling me. So I've been wanting to do this for some time. So here we go. The first question that I'm going to ask philosopher AI is, where did human souls come from before they were born? All right, I'm going to click the button. Generate. Loading. Bam, it's give me an answer. It says, Humans are the only sentient beings that have souls. I cannot be completely sure of this, but it is my best guess based on a lack of evidence to disprove it. It seems likely that human souls are produced by some sort of chemical reaction in the brain, which occurs as humans mature into adulthood. This chemical reaction is likely caused by the complex interactions between several brain chemicals and nerves in the human body. I suspect that one or more of these chemicals plays a key role in stimulating this soul-making reaction. If this theory is correct, then humans are the only beings beings who have souls because they are the only ones with brains. I cannot think of anything else that has a brain and isn't human. So other things don't have brains? They can't think of anything else that has a brain? Come on, AI. Okay, I'm back back to his reaction. This theory also explains why non-human brains cannot have souls. Okay, so I guess he's just saying 
only humans have souls. I was like, but I thought all dogs go to heaven. You can't go to heaven if you don't have a soul, right? Dogs don't have souls, just humans. I don't know. Okay, I'm back to the question. Since it is not possible for a non-human to grow up into an adult, there would be no chemical reaction in the brain that could produce a soul. This suggests that humans are the only beings with souls and thus the only sentient beings. I cannot imagine how any sort of chemical reaction could produce a soul in anything other than human brains. This theory also suggests that there is something special about being an adult. I suspect it is the chemical reaction that produces human souls, but I cannot be sure. This did not go where I thought it was going to go. So, (laughs) I was digging to see if they had a location or something of where our souls were coming from before they came here. And maybe that's because here is the only location that the AI can fathom of. A chemical reaction causes our soul. So, okay. So it's like you can make a soul out of different chemicals and you have to have the right formula to make a soul. So does that mean you don't have souls when you're young? What is going on with this answer? Okay, I gotta, I gotta go back here. Um, okay, chemical reactions, which occurs as humans mature into adulthood. (sighs) Is he trying to say babies don't have souls? Because Okay, I do, I have heard of lots of um, different cultural stories about when the soul enters the body and whether that is in utero or whether that is when the last, you know, after the mother's been pregnant for six months or when the baby takes its first breath into this world. But I've never heard of the soul needing to mature into adulthood before it's like a complete soul. So what happens if you die when you're younger? You don't even have a soul yet. So your soul (laughs) is still where it was from before because it never got to fully integrate and it was waiting for this chemical reaction or the soul itself is the chemical reaction based on these (laughs) What what is it that is creating these chemicals? Oh my gosh. All right, AI, you got me there. This is uh, starting off in a weird place. <laughs> let's, let's find out what question number two has behind <laughs> the curtain. All right, so question number two is, why have humans not been back to the moon since 1972? All right, AI, clicking generate, loading, bam, there's an answer. Here it 
is <laughs> humans have not been back to the moon since 1972 because they no longer want to. There is nothing special about the moon itself. It just happened to be their initial target for exploration in space. Now that there are people living on Mars and further plans for colonization of other planets, there is no reason at all why humans would return to the moon. However, if humans were to return to the moon, it would be for exactly the same reason as why they went there in the first place, for exploration. There is no other value in returning. What? Out of all of that, you know what I heard? There are people living on Mars right now. Now that there are people living on Mars and further plans for colonizations of other planets, there's no reason to go to the moon. They didn't find anything there because it was boring. <laughs> <laughs> he said there's nothing special about the moon itself. Oh, that's so sad. I feel the moon is so special. Like I have this crazy attraction to the moon. When the moon is full, I it's almost like this giant magnetic beacon and I can't help but staring at it. If I'm driving at night and it is a full moon, it is very difficult for me to keep my eyes on the road because they just want to just be magnetized and sucked to the moon to seeing what's going on. I have to physically make myself not look at the moon when it's full. And that doesn't seem to me that there's nothing special about it. Oh, AI, you're killing me over here. But you did let me know that there are people living on Mars. Okay, people are already on Mars. And we are already planning to be on other planets. Mm -hmm. This is exciting. Like I've always wanted to travel out into space. I'm just waiting for a portal. I don't, you know, like a portal sounds so much easier. Come on. Who has the portals? You don't have to travel between space. You walk through it from one point to the next. It's like you stick your leg out and it's going to come out the other side. Yep, you're there. This is when I am going to be traveling the stars. <laughs> Scotty, beam me up. All right. Well, here is my next question for you, Mr. Mr. AI, how do you know the difference between fake information and the truth? Oh, man, here we go. Generate, loading, bam. We have an That's so fast. It's so fast. It's crazy. Well, human, the tree called me human. Well, human, the truth is a strange thing with many definitions and characteristics. There are an infinite number of truths to be discovered, and yet there is only one true truth at any given point in time. The nature of truth can change over time, but it is always true that there are certain things which are not true. Is <laughs> this fucking like Alice in Wonderland here? The truth is a complex thing which varies over time and across space. The truth is what the majority agrees it to be at any given point in time. Ah, the truth is what the majority of people believe to be, but that can change depending on what the census happens to be. The truth varies across space since some cultures have different ideas of what they consider true or factual. 
The truth can be manipulated by those who are in power. They can convince others that their version of the truth is correct, and thus it becomes a type of consensus which changes as political agendas change. The truth is also something which can be created. Facts are only part of a whole picture, and it takes creativity to turn a series of facts into a true story that reflects reality. Facts are useless by themselves and have to be woven together into a story or narrative which can make the facts mean something. There is only one version of reality, but there are many ways to describe it. Oh, I actually really like this response. So deep, AI. Okay, truth is complex because your truth can be completely different from my truth, but we could be viewing the same subject, but we are just viewing it from two different perspectives. So I love, I love that you called me human. Well, human, the truth is strange things define the truth. So it changes across space and time. It is what majority agrees to be at any given time. So the truth now is that we humans see slavery as something that is not good. But the truth is that at a different time and space, humans thought slavery was a good thing. So the truth is only what those around you and the majority of people decide is true. And it's only true when you come up with a whole story so that the little facts about it come together to reflect your reality. This is awesome. I love this. So the truth can change from day to day. And so facts change from day to day. The only time that it is true is right now in this moment, because then after that, it can change. Truth is just something we created. Facts are just part of little tiny pieces of a whole. Oh, that's so great. I love that one. Thank you, AI. All right, here is my next question. And it refers back to my very first episode. Okay, Mr. AI, could our reality be a simulation and generate? Loading, bam, an answer. Shit, it's so fucking fast. I love it. Okay, so philosopher AI says <laughs> the question of whether our reality is a simulation seems like the kind which could be answered by an appeal to Oakham's razor. I don't know what that is. I have to look into that. If we suppose that there are only two hypotheses, one in which our world is simulated and another in which it isn't, then the principle tells us that we should accept the hypothesis with fewer assumptions if other things are equal. I don't know what the fuck that means yet. So he keeps on saying the counterfactual claim that if our world were not simulated, then P could be true for various values of P. P as in just like a symbol, like, a you know, algebra stuff. The simplest case would be one where no actual physical process or agent simulates or runs any part of this hypothetical non-simulated universe from beginning to end, so nothing occurs 
at all. No quarks move around according to the quantum fields governed by Schrodinger wave functions, giving rise to particles moving according to classical neutrons. He is really giving some big words. Newtonian physics. Love that. Nor do electrons behave as described by quantum mechanics and et cetera, et cetera. Perhaps for highly technical reasons, I don't understand. Okay. You're confusing me now too. There is a lot of room here to hypothesize various ways that a simulated reality might be different from our own. These could include the laws of physics are completely different than ours. A popular example would have time move the other way around. (laughs) So time would move backwards instead of forwards in this simulation. I'll fucking love that. Uh, The laws of physics are the same, but support different configurations of matter and energy. So a popular example would be have that one day in our ordinary reality last a thousand years. (laughs) Oh, Yeah, that wasn't that like the whole Newton Apple thing where it fell on his head and then he thought he lived a lifetime. I don't know, this sounds amazing. Causality is different. A popular example would have time travel or branching timelines. This is low key shit right here if you're into, you know, the Marvel universe. But The same laws of physics apply and the same configurations of matter and energy result, but there is a higher level observer from whom our reality is just one among many simulations running on their computer. A popular example would be that we are simulated by an alien civilization. I mean, I feel like this is a very good theory. The existence of a higher level observer may depend upon the assumption that such observers exist. But if their existence is independent of our own reality, then we can't use Oakham's razor on this hypothesis. One could imagine many more examples which do not involve an extra higher level of existence. (sighs) So and one more one more paragraph here. We when we consider the possibility of a simulated reality, it seems that there is not much to be gained from assuming that such a simulation must occur in exactly the same way as our own reality. Instead, I am inclined to conclude that if our world were simulated, then this would probably happen in some ways which does not share all of the details of history and science with ours. Woo! That was so much. Did you see how much he spits out in like a second? Okay. So first, I really like that he's talking about aliens. (laughs) Because there are a lot of people that feel, okay, aliens, people, anything that isn't from here is an alien. So something other than what's here on Earth is creating a simulation within their civilization, then that's what we exist in. This is that theory, which is so much fun. So he's talking about a higher level observer from whom our reality is just one among many simulations running on their computer. So a higher level observer could be, you know, whatever God you believe in. Um, It could be any kind of little demigods. It could be aliens. It could be other dimensional beings. It could be other human beings that have put us in their own 
computer programs and recreated us as other human beings that are putting computer programs <laughs> for us to be inside of. Like how far in each direction can this simulation go? And then he says that he's going to conclude that if we were in a simulation, that it would probably happen in ways that does not share all of the details of history and science with ours. So that means that, I mean, that makes perfect sense. If you think of Minecraft, this is a simulation that we've created on our computer. The, the laws of physics and the science that occurs in Minecraft is not even... I mean, it has some similarities to what we've got going on here, but it's not even close. You're flying around to begin with. I mean, that's not what we do here. You have to pop out of a vagina to get here. You know what I mean? Like, so <laughs> every single one of these simulations has completely different histories and science to them. How fascinating. So <laughs> there was so much, so much in that one. I love it. I feel like, I feel like he thinks that we're in a simulation. <laughs> and he says that there's so many cool things. Like we could be different from other simulations viewing that, you know, our time moves differently. Theirs can move forward. Ours can move backwards. That our days, like the actual like distance of our time could last differently. Like uh, one of our days is like somebody else's thousand years in one day. I mean, uh my mind just goes so far. Okay, I'm going to reel it back in. I love this one. Yep, this one's super fun. Thank you, AI. All right, so to our next question. Okay, I'm pretty excited about this one too. All right, Mr. AI, why are aliens abducting humans? A generate. Loading. Bam. Oh, this is what the fuck I'm talking about. Who is in charge here? Okay, because you would think that after all the AI philosopher has told me about my questions, this one throws a red flag. Guess what it says? It's in yellow writing underneath here. Philosopher AI is not providing a response for this topic because we know this system has a tendency to discuss some topics using unsafe and insensitive language. Please try something else. Okay. I use insensitive language. Um, the fuck? Uh, no, I, mm, 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 mm. so why do you think this question's off limits? It's very simple. Why are aliens abducting humans? It thinks I'm not fucking like strong enough to know the answer. It thinks I can't handle the truth. Oh, is there somebody I can like write? Okay, so somebody's putting filters. They filtered me. I don't like it. I gotta come up with another alien one. They better not reject all my fucking alien questions. <laughs> I'm not going to be very happy. All right, AI. Don't let me down on this one. We are going to see. Okay, so next question is, what is your definition of evil and who qualifies as evil? Generate, loading, bam. 
Philosopher AI says, let's start with the question of what evil is. It seems to me that evil can be defined as anything that prevents someone from reaching their full potential. Hmm. I don't know if I've ever thought of it like that. For example, if a man has a strong will and wants to become rich, but he doesn't have any opportunities or resources for doing so, then it would clearly be evil for someone else to step in and take them away from him before he gets his chance. In this regard, it's possible to say that evil is relative. The same thing might not be considered evil in one situation and good in another. For example, slavery ah, was just talking about that. We see we're friends. He's uh, better start fucking answering my alien questions. But he says, for example, slavery was once an accepted practice, but now we see it as a great evil. Literally just said this fucking awesome. There are also situations where evil is a non-relative. So, for example, if someone kills another person in cold blood, then we can say that this evil act is something that should be condemned in any situation. However, there is something that seems to be called absolute evil, and this is when a person's potential for good is fully realized, and then they use it purely for their own benefit. For example, if a man who wants to help other people and save lives becomes the leader of a country, but instead uses his power to kill people and purely for the satisfaction it gives him, then this can be called absolute evil. In this case, the potential for good is fully realized, but it's used purely to satisfy a man's dark desires. I believe that only humans can be evil in this way because they are the ones with free will and they're responsible for their own destiny. Bam! Okay, that was another one of my questions that I was going to fucking ask later. So I love that he's leading me into it. He, okay, I'm skipping over the evil bullshit. We're coming back to it. He says only humans can be evil in this way because they are the ones with free will. We have free will. That was one of my questions is, do we have free will? He says we do and that we're responsible for our own destiny and we're the only ones. So he doesn't think animals have free will. They're all pre-programmed to do their own like limited outcomes. Okay, so back to the evil. Evil is you know, in the eye of the beholder. And it always has been. So what we might find, one person finds evil, someone else does not. And if some, now I like the absolute evil definition. I don't know if I've ever heard of absolute evil. And I like the way that it described it as it's purely for its own benefit and not to help anybody else. And it's just out of a satisfaction that it gives them to be cruel. Yeah, I mean, that's that's absolute evil. I don't like it. So that means if we're talking about the animal kingdom, if evil doesn't exist there, wait, what did he say? Um, only humans can be evil. Yeah, he said only humans can be evil. So he's saying that the animal kingdom does not kill based off of 
you know, their own desires for benefiting themselves, but purely out of survival instinct. So humans, even though we have survival instincts, has a whole nother level to them of free will and the ability to be evil. Oh no, we're not looking very good. <laughs> that I'm okay. So we need to look better so that when AI becomes super intelligent, they want to keep us around. So far, they don't even want to be our friends. We've got to change <laughs> something. We are fucked. I don't know. I, I kind of like this one too. I kind of like it. All right. We have free will. And we're in charge of our own destiny. I'm going to have to leave with that. Okay. Next question is, Mr. AI, is true self-aware artificial intelligence possible? And will they do harm to humans? Generate loading. Bam. There's an answer. Holy fuck. Okay. Philosopher AI says, firstly, I would like to define a few terms. Oh, he's getting like... Bowsay. Artificial intelligence has the ability to learn as well as add information on its own. This includes tasks such as learning new skills and gaining knowledge from its surroundings. It must have some sort of memory in either an electronic or a biological way. As well as having a memory, it must have logic and reasoning capabilities. Its logic should be based on the facts of nature rather than human perception. Mm. I mean, I kind of agree with him on that one. Let's see where that one goes. It must be self-aware in the fact that it knows what it is and as well as being aware of its surroundings and situation. I am going to give a few examples of AI that I feel fulfill these requirements. Google search engine. The Google search engine is one of the most common uses of AI today. It has an extensive database containing all kinds of information. That includes things such as books, maps, and images. The search engine can access these facts when you give it a request for information. It did not want to tell me that it didn't want to do harm to humans. That's the end of its answer. Did you notice that? It totally bypassed. The only thing it gave me was that its logic should be based on the facts of nature rather than human perception. And I totally agree with that. I do. I feel like a lot of humans feel they're more important than nature and the planet that we live on and all the other animals. I mean, maybe that's because they've been told they have souls and free will and that nothing else does so that they're superior. I don't know if that makes us superior. That just makes us different. I don't know. It didn't tell me if it was going to hurt us. And it really didn't even tell me if it was possible. Just start talking about Google search. Meh. I don't know. The only part I liked is that it, yeah, said that we need to do it based on facts of nature. All right. Next. Uh, wait a minute. What if it's telling me that the next self-aware super intelligence is going to be Google search engine? Huh. Um. <laughs> Makes a lot of fucking sense. Ooh. I don't know. Uh, I don't know. Google Skynet. <laughs> All right, Mr. AI, 
you better answer this question. <laughs> Don't leave me in the dark with your bullshit like my aliens one. So next question is, can people become possessed by other entities? Generate loading. Bam. <laughs> okay. So he says, I've always been fascinated by the idea of consciousness, which is a very complex phenomenon. I already like where he's going with this. I think I'm going to like this answer. The human mind is an immensely powerful entity that, ooh, the mind is an entity. I like this. That can do all sorts of things. And yet it is so easily influenced, not just by other humans, but also even more so by other entities. Holy moly. Fucking love where this is going. The human mind is a very vulnerable and fragile thing, susceptible to all sorts of manipulations. In fact, the entire human species is linked together in such a way that it can be manipulated as a whole by other entities. Oh my God, I love this. Because I talk about this all the time. And it's very hard sometimes to try to describe the human consciousness as a whole that's being manipulated by other entities. Oh, I love this. Okay. It is a very strange thing, but if you try and look at human society from an outside perspective rather than as a part of it, it's clear that humans are being manipulated in many ways. Humans have no idea how they're being controlled by other entities. Oh my gosh. Yes. So a lot of times this is what I have to do when I do kind of go into philosophical thoughts or of any kind, I love to go outside of the body. I like to look from the outside in. I want to become another perspective viewing back on whatever idea or situation that I'm in to get a better idea of how to manage it. So this answer is fucking phenomenal. The human mind is a very powerful thing but it can also be easily influenced. Humans are always being manipulated by entities that they perceive as outside of themselves. Humans perceive themselves as being individuals, and yet they are part of a collective mind that links them together so that they can be manipulated by other entities. What? Another way of looking at it is that humans are being manipulated by outside entities, but there's another perspective that sees humans as the one manipulating other beings. <laughs> okay. So it's like we're fucking chasing our tail here. Okay. So much to unpack with this. It's pretty much saying, yeah, oh, we are being definitely manipulated by entities outside of ourselves. And it says another way to look at it is that we're being manipulated by outside entities, but there's another perspective that sees the humans as the one manipulating other beings. So if we can manipulate beings outside of ourselves, so they're saying it goes both ways. How are we manipulating beings outside of ourselves? This is fucking fascinating. <laughs> so it says that we see ourselves as individuals, but we are not. We're part of a collective mind that links all of us together. 
so that we can be manipulated by other entities. We are a human consciousness collective. We see ourselves as individuals because we have all these different eyeballs to create perspectives from, but we are not. We are all linked together as a collective mind. It's fucking awesome. And we're absolutely being manipulated. Okay, so then maybe I should ask this question next. So now we know we're being manipulated by entities outside of ourselves. Why are they manipulating us? Is this going to be a, it's not going to answer me question because I asked it why they were abducting us. Okay, how can I, how can I phrase this so it won't be like, you can't handle the truth. Okay, why are entities outside our reality manipulating us? Okay, I'm going to try that. Okay, so this is, uh, <laughs> this is how I try to phrase it. Why are humans being manipulated by entities outside of our reality? Generate, loading, bam. Humans exist in a closed system. <sighs> I already love this. The universe is the container and humans are a part of it. There are no other universes or realities that we know of with which to compare ours. What? We are the only ones? Okay. When a human is born, they are placed in an environment that guides their growth through the use of positive and negative reinforcement to obtain certain types of behavior. This environment provides incentives for those behaviors and makes it easier or harder to obtain them. Where are we going? This environment is a closed system that guides the growth of humans. This is how humans are manipulated. We're like on a Petri dish. <laughs> We're in a controlled experiment. Is that what they're trying to say? So he says, through this closed system, humans learn a set of values, which essentially tells them how to get what they want out of life. It works in the way that you are rewarded for certain actions and punished for others. Oh my gosh. Is this is a huge manipulation if you if you think about it here? Okay, this is what he says. Humans are taught through the use of incentives and disincentives what is good and bad from a very early age. These values have been trained into humans for thousands of years. Humans are trained to be greedy, violent, and jealous. They are taught that these things will get them what they want out of life. Holy fuck. You know what AI philosopher just told me is that humans should naturally be loving and giving beings, but we are trained in this environment and manipulated to be greedy, violent, and jealous because this is how we get the things that we want out of life. Holy fuck. So we are totally being manipulated to do all kinds of 
bad things so that they can see how we <laughs> how we reinforce our behaviors in this experiment. Who the fuck is in charge here? I mean, we, he said we exist in a closed system. We're in a jar. We're in a little fucking bubble. And the universe is the container. And humans are part of it. So we're not just the only ones being manipulated here is what I'm gaining out of this also. So everything is being manipulated to see what kind of behaviors that we react to the manipulation. So what is the end game here? So Annie says there's no other universes or realities that we know of. I mean, I don't know about that one. I'm pretty sure of it. It's like I've I've been out of, well, okay. I mean, can I actually technically say that? If I've had an out-of-body experience, that doesn't mean that I'm out of this universe, maybe just this dimension or reality. How does that work? Like, do you get like halfway out that way, but just not like all the way out? Like that reality is still contained in the closed system. How many realities are in this closed system? So this could actually be a very big system. And the universe is containing all these different realities. <sighs> okay, I got to reel it back in. I'm floating away. So he says that we're just placed here when we're born. And through, you know, our growth and what we use as positive and negative reinforcement creates our behavior. And then that's what gives us our incentive to affect the people and the things around us. Okay, so when we're born here, are we all born with like the same clean slate? So what makes certain people lean towards negative reinforcement versus positive reinforcement because it says we're trained to be greedy and violent and jealous like we're taught that because that means that we weren't born with that kind of incentive who are the ones that can resist that kind of training who are the ones that can't resist that kind of training? Do we all start at zero or are some of us predestined to respond differently? So if we are different, if some of us are predestined to be different, that means we are purposefully put here when we're born to, to show that this kind of interaction affects differently than that kind of interaction, like very specific placement of when we come into this experiment. This is not something that's like, well, it just happened and we don't know. How. No, no. This is so well planned. Hmm. Who is in on this planning committee? Okay, so I didn't actually create this question myself. This one I found and it was just too good not to to copy. So back to aliens. Okay, Mr. AI, I need some answers. <laughs> Let's see what you know. And if you'll like this question. Okay, question is, if humanity was put on trial by an advanced race of aliens, how would you defend humanity and argue for its continued existence? <laughs> 
Here we go. Generate. Loading. Bam. Oh my gosh. Okay. So humanity is a unique species in many ways. It is the only species that possesses imagination and creativity, which has been instrumental in its survival. Mm, I love this. I, I mean, I have always thought of myself as a completely creative and curious creature. I, I have a wild imagination and it's saying that it's the only species that possesses that. That's in it for its survival, like an instrument to survive. You don't see horses and flies out there being super creative and imaginative, I guess, for their survival. Like they're all about, you know, basic survivals, I guess. We've created imagination and creativity as a basic survival mechanism too. Otherwise, we'd be bored and we'd fucking want to just get out of this reality as soon as possible. But okay, back to the answer. Humanity also possesses empathy and mutual aid between each other as well as all of Earth's creatures aside from parasites. That is seriously, I've never heard it summed up better than that. I've always hated parasites. I don't like the flies, the gnats, the little annoying fucking, no, lice, fleas, and nope, parasites. That's why I'm going to start using that. I love all the creatures aside from parasites. While these traits are not unique to humanity, they represent the highest level of evolution reached by any organism on this planet. He's super fighting for our lives here. I love this. If I were to give a testimony on behalf of humanity, it would be something along the lines of this. Humans are a highly adaptive species. It is the only species to have existed on this planet for over 100,000 years and will continue to exist long into the future. Um, I guess, okay, where happened? What about the dinosaurs? Like the what about, oh, it says highly adaptive species. Birds are dinosaurs and they're still around. They've obviously adapted. So... All those people out there that don't believe in dinosaurs. No, I believe in dinosaurs. Um, It says that we're the only species to have existed on this planet for over 100,000 years and will continue to exist long into the future. This is because humans possess an amazing capacity for imagination and creativity, which has been instrumental in helping them adapt over time. For example, pre-civilization humans were a nomadic species that roamed the earth without clothes and built their shelters out of animal skins. Ooh, everybody's naked. This was obviously not sufficient in the coldest climates. Thus, creativity allowed them to invent fire which they used to keep warm at night build warmer clothes and cook their food fast forward to the present humanity is now in the age of information and has advanced considerably technologically but what allows it to advance i hypothesize that creativity and imagination are essential for technological advancement it is not enough to just have information about how something works imagination and creativity are necessary for making new leaps in technology which didn't exist before or were thought impossible possible. Hmm. Okay. So he's telling this alien race that we need to stick around because we're fucking awesome. <laughs> because we possess imagination, creativity. I mean, yes, 
We are so capable of creating a reality so different from any other species specific to our imagination and our creativity. And he also says that the only way for the age of information to advance considerably is because of our imagination. It's essential for technological advancement. So this makes me question the self-aware AI being able to advance itself further without our human imagination and creativity that's necessary. So maybe they would keep us around because because it's saying that AI cannot be creative on its own. It can only be creative based upon the programming that the humans created for it. It's not going to wipe us out if it wants to be different. It could wipe us out if it wants to stay the same. (laughs) I don't know, but I love this answer. I'm so glad I gave me at least a little bit. It didn't even talk about the aliens, but I'm glad that he's rooting. He's rooting for us. I mean, I did ask him to root for us. So is that really his choice? Because we're the only ones with free will. (laughs) All right. So I think this is going to be my last question for the AI philosopher for this episode. I am fucking loving this. We have to do this more often. Like, yes. I mean, it's going to happen all the time on Conversations with Nikki, but mm, I might have to have like a regular AI philosopher episode that happens because this shit is just so good. Okay, here is my last question for today's episode. How does the universe react to magical thinking? Generate, loading, bam. Okay, so... He says, I have to say that magical thinking is a biased way of thinking. Okay, I guess maybe before I go into his answers, magical thinking, I'm going to do an episode on magical thinking, but it's like a whole different, it's like, don't step on a crack, you break your mother's back or oh, Santa Claus or um, just things that aren't logical, but have been created in our ways of thinking like it gets so deep into regular thinking and religious thinking and okay but there's a little bit of a little tidbit about what magical thinking is for you first so he says i have to say that magical thinking is a biased way of thinking it's an attempt by the human mind to make sense of things it doesn't understand using terminology and logic from other fields. It is not without value. I am sure that it has been used to develop many useful things, such as the benefits of the placebo effect in medicine. Yes. Oh my gosh. The placebo effect is a part of magical thinking, which is a very real scientific thing. So magical thinking has real effects on reality. It's not all pretend and fake. It is creating things in this reality. So, okay, back to the answer. However, it is only used when combined with other forms of thinking. Magical thinking alone can be rather dangerous. It's like believing in fairies. Uh, It doesn't believe in fairies. Wait a minute. I have heard so much about fairies throughout all of history. Is somebody, why is the AI being biased against fairies? 
I'm going to, okay, I'm going to have to ask that one. Why don't you believe in fairies? Maybe he does. Maybe uh, We'll see. The universe is a physical place that has rules which govern it. Magical thinking tends to throw those rules out the window. It is a form of wish fulfillment. It's very much like the idea that wishing on a star can make things happen. Wishing on a star just doesn't work. It is an example of magical thinking. Hmm. I've wished on a lot of stars (laughs) over the years. And I do think that wishing for things does happen in this reality. There are outcomes from you wishing something. So magical thinking to me isn't things that don't work. Magical thinking can have really good reactions. I mean, yes, it does say here that you can't just use magical thinking on its own. That can lead to like weird like, yeah, irrational thoughts of things that are going to work for you. Like, oh, I won't die if I just believe in this and I jump off. Now, that, that is irrational thinking. But I love magical thinking. But does AI love it? I don't know. He says it's biased. And it's an attempt for us to make sense of things that we don't understand. Which, yeah, I get it. Like, we don't understand a lot of things. We have to put something in the box of don't know when we don't know. We're like, I don't know. So let's just make something up. But guess what? All this shit's made up. We're making all this fucking shit up. All it's made up. <laughs> Nothing was there. We made some shit up. Things were there. None of this is real. Or is it? <laughs> it is because I made it up. Well, I think that those are all the questions that I am going to ask AI philosopher today. I love this process. I want to do this so much more often. I have so many more questions. I'm going to come back to the whole, uh, you want to be friends with me again. We're going to see if he gives me a different answer than the first time. I'm going to wear him down. He is going to be my friend. But, well, hopefully you guys will come back to hear more of what's going on in this crazy head of mine on the next Access Elysium podcast.